0: San Diego County got the approval to go deeper into the second stage of reopening this week, and now we know the exact terms of the agreement between the state and the county. A 188-page application explains in detail what is allowed and what the triggers are that would cause the imposition of the previous restrictions. As we know from history, governments that fail to properly stagger reopening can cause another spike in cases. Local leaders hope to avoid that. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Greg Moran, you're a public safety reporter and you specialize in legal reporting. Let's get people up to speed. How did this application and approval process go down this week?
1: Well, uh, the county had uh, announced uh, earlier that they were going to, uh, after the governor had said that um, the state could move uh, more quickly into uh, uh, the second stage of his four-stage reopening plan. The county got its application together and and, uh, and said they wanted to. The way this works is that you have to uh, submit a plan to the state, essentially, that says, here's what we want to do. Here's how we're going to do it. And here's also where we are in terms of handling the outbreak in our, in our county. Yeah, this is what we've done. This is what our capacity are. All of these uh, metrics involved. Um, that's essentially what made up uh, the 188 page uh, document that you referenced, they submitted that to the state, I think, uh, on Wednesday, maybe, uh, uh, Tuesday night and, uh, got it signed off as, you know, I think almost all the counties in the state, uh, have, this is, uh, it sounds very bureaucratic. I think it's called, a an attestate, a variance attestation, uh, document, but it's basically sort of, um, uh, a, a description um, of what the county has done and is going to do uh, as they move into stage two, and uh, it's very interesting because it it had a lot of what is it, as I read through it, it has a lot of uh, details and a lot of information in there that, while I think the county has been very good about um, putting out information, um, you know, a lot of sort of these details in the weeds hadn't been published yet, and it's interesting to kind of uh, see really how much the county had scaled up uh, from sort of a standing start back in uh, March to where we are now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Certainly, I remember like right in the beginning of the outbreak, the county was kind of spotty, reporting information and testing was incredibly low. And in the past several days, we've tested, you know, thousands of people in a given day, which is a lot closer to meeting those goals of knowing how bad the outbreak is kind of live on the ground.
1: That's right. Testing for sure. Um, you know, scaling up the bed capacity. Uh, I'd written about that early on, uh, that there was a concern about if there's a, you know, an infection or an attack rate of 30 or 40 percent, would that overwhelm the existing uh, hospital bed capacity? Um, as we all know from here and around the country, big concerns over personal protective equipment and how much is available and how much Uh, uh, is in storage and things, uh, all those are addressed in this. And then all those, in those three uh, areas, I mean, the the county seems to be in very, very good shape.
0: Mm -hmm. So can you summarize uh, what are the things that are now allowed in phase two that were banned in phase one?
1: Well, uh, you know, the big ones, the most visible ones are in-person restaurant dining. So you can go actually to you Know your favorite restaurant and sit down uh, and eat rather than having to order and pick up at the curb. Uh, retail stores uh, can be open if they wish. Uh, these are boutiques or small businesses or, you know, whatever dollar stores. or I guess those have been open, but, it, you know, kind of the, the shopping uh, sector, those are probably the two biggest. I think there are other elements. I think, you know, pet grooming is now allowable and things like that, but it's important to remember, and this is one of the things that's in in the document, is you, these these uh, businesses can be open, but they have to follow, you know, all new kinds of, of guidelines and rules, not just the ones we're familiar with about social distancing and um, uh, temperature checks for employees and things like that, but uh, there are signage requirements, there are things that are prohibited uh, that... Uh, you know, two months ago when, when these businesses were operating were, were not prohibited, things like uh, in restaurants, you know, the condiment on the table, the ketchup, mustard, salt, pepper, salsa, you know, that's, that's out. Uh, no table side guacamole. Uh, all of these uh, sometimes very minute um, restrictions are now in place for the restaurants. Retail establishments, it's really, you know, limit the number of people that can be in the store. Um, keep social distance a lot of cleaning for both of these uh, business sectors you know if you go to one of them you will probably at some point see people cleaning and and things like that so Mm
2: -hmm. those are sort of the big ones
1: that are allowed
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so what are some of the kind of things we have to keep doing and maintain to stay in phase two because it's possible to backslide right
1: Oh, it is. Yeah. And that's, that was part of the plan, is sort of what are the, the triggers or the metrics that would uh, uh, require or, or um, force the county to, to mitigate some of these uh, openings to, to kind of pull it back in. Uh, and, and those are—so, I mean, in general, I think what—and this is what all the public health officials are telling us, what we have to keep doing is what we have been doing, you know essentially stay at home unless unless you absolutely have to go out, or if you do go out, you know, be, be real specific about why you're going, uh, try not to linger, probably don't linger, you know, get in and out. We're still in, a, a, the stay-at-home orders have not been lifted, uh, you know, that, that's still the major thing. And then when you are out and about, you know, face coverings or masks are uh, required for employees at these uh, businesses, they are strongly encouraged for customers, uh, uh, and even when you're out and about, you probably want to wear a face covering. The social distance thing is, is, is still on it. Those, are, those kind of public health interventions, you know, I think have been effective. You know, they, they've, they've uh, lessened the spread of, of the virus, I think, by any measure um, uh, uh, here in San Diego and, and elsewhere. But there are, uh, in the report, there are these um, triggers that, that if things get out of control, uh, the county says it'll take action. And those are things like, I wrote a few of them down, an increase of 10% uh, of new cases for a, any five-day period. Uh, more than four community outbreaks in a community set, uh, setting over seven days. Uh, a, a PPE supply, which I talked about a few minutes ago, if that supply falls to less than a 14-day inventory for more than half the hospitals in the county, we have 24 hospitals, that's that's a trigger, and the way the county set it up in their document was that if I think it's uh, uh they divided it into three areas, three categories if there's two or more uh from each of these categories that's triggered, then they will have to take some kind of mitigation measure. What that is, they don't say, but I mean that will be the sign uh that we've gone too far or that people are not uh, observing the rules well enough and it's causing a problem.
0: Yeah, I feel like one of the most confusing things about this entire, you know, the government action of the pandemic is just how all these new rules work and kind of what is and what isn't allowed, because naturally people, you know, aren't consuming the amount of news and information that we are. So it takes a while for this to kind of meet the level of, you know, everyone's following the rules. And we don't want a scenario in which we have to, you know, suddenly take all these restrictions back because that could really, you know, have ripple effects economically and also in the public health.
1: I think so. And that's that was one of the things that uh, I worked on this with with Lindsey Winkley, a uh, uh, colleague. And that's one of the things that that we kind of that struck us and, and that we kind of wanted to emphasize a little bit in the story was like, yes, stage two reopening, restaurants are opening, you know, woohoo, uh, you know bars and things like that uh, with with these restrictions in place. But be mindful that there is also in this in this plan to kind of open more. There is this, um, you know, cutoff or, or this or this uh, blocking point where um, it, it where where you can where it's possible for for the county to pull it back that we can lose not just the progress that we've made collectively in blunting the virus and the spread of the virus, but lose the progress we've made in in opening the society more both the economic society and, and the social part. So. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that's going to be a big issue is um, enforcement of this. You know, how you, I mean, if, I think a, a lot of times, you know, the, the, the law enforcement people and the, and the government officials have been saying, well, we want to educate people. We want compliance before we have enforcement. You know, if it, if it starts going a little wobbly, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, you're going to have to, um, I, I think, make a more aggressive show of enforcement. Uh, if you don't want to, to, to go back to like stage one and a half or one and three quarters or whatever that is, I don't think anybody wants that.
0: Mm-hmm, certainly. And there were some images on social media about uh, a rather packed bar in Pacific beach uh, recently. And that is kind of an example of, you know, maybe they're going to choose to enforce in order to send a message after that, because it is possible that the virus spread there.
1: Yeah. And, and it really only takes one or two, you know, I mean, like one of those, those metrics was a uh, outbreak of uh, more than four community outbreaks in a community setting in a week period. If you have half a dozen bars or restaurants or whatever that decide to ignore these and, you know, it's, it's a, a packed and very crowded situation. And then, you know, there's outbreaks that can be traced to those places. Well, that's, you've, you've just hit one of the triggers. And so now you have, you have less margin to stay open uh, than you did before. So uh, I, I think that's a real, going to be a real knotty problem, for, um, policymakers and for the enforcement art of this is like, what, you know, what do you do? And, and does it ever get to the point where you, you know, make a show of going into a place and hooking people up and putting them into the back of the black and white and and taking them away? Uh, I don't know.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. We kind of saw that at the state level with, uh, Gavin Newsom briefly shuttering the beaches in orange County. So hopefully it won't come to something like that, but it's entirely possible.
1: It is. And, there, and he's, he said for counties that are more defiant about it, he's, they've done some saber rattling about you're going to lose your uh, I think, emergency funding or, or things like that. So, you know, there are levers uh, that the state uh, can pull uh, to kind of gain sort of <coughs> coerced uh, compliance. Um, I think that might be a little bit harder on the on the real local level. You know, I mean, I don't yeah. know if police officers really want to be, you know, public health order. Law enforcement people, but um, you know, maybe you should just take the optimistic view and and think that those scenes of crowded bars and restaurants are real outliers, and that uh, most people, I think, want to do the right thing uh, and are, are going to, you know, abide by these as much as they can.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people realize that. This kind of goes both ways in that if we act irresponsibly and the governor or the you know county has to step in, this affects individuals, it affects businesses, it affects your neighborhood. So it's like if you want the San Diego that was pre-pandemic to exist, you kind of have to follow the rules in order to make sure that as much that can survive this economic downturn will.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think if I, if I were to have a bit of a criticism of, of some of the public statements, I don't think that's been emphasized enough. I mean, people want it. to go back to normal we're not going back to that anytime soon whatever it was on on march 1st that's not going to be the san diego that we're going to see on june 1st so you might as well get used to doing things differently and if you kind of buy into it uh and do them differently and yes more inconveniently and 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 maybe not as as fun um you can still preserve you know the the gains that you've made and uh in this more gradual opening of it. I mean, it's great to be able to go to the beach. You know, it's great to be able, I haven't done it yet, but probably to go to a restaurant and sit down if that's what you want to do, um, even in its very modified and restricted form. And I think, um, you know, people are going to have to to recognize that if they want to keep that, then they have to uh, do things differently. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So in the report itself, does it mention kind of any specific things that make San Diego different from other counties when fighting this problem? Because recently we're seeing our neighbors having entirely different scenarios than us. We had that big surge in Imperial County. There's a surge in Tijuana and Mexicali. And, you know, comparatively, Los Angeles County is a lot worse than us. But did the report kind of address that geographic difference?
1: You know, it didn't. That's a good question. It, it didn't. It didn't do a, a comparative thing. It, it didn't say we're we're better than San Luis Obispo, worse than Riverside, or anything like that. I think very you know, much focused on kind of this is what we're doing, this is what we've done, and this is what our plan is going forward. Our, our containment plan is going forward. This is the personnel we have. This is how we plan to deploy them and things like that. Um, but you know, a lot of those uh, th- those are local differences, and I think that's why you're going to see around the state, you know, different levels and gradients of, of reopening and and things like that, because it just depends on your location. As you mentioned, we're very close to Mexico, Uh, we're right next to it, but so is Imperial County. And, you know, San Diego, uh, you know, our healthcare system has a little bit more, uh, is bigger and has a little bit more slack in it. So, uh, you know, we can disperse a lot of patients to, uh, we've got 24 hospitals. And I think there are two in Imperial County. So, you know, those kinds of local differences uh, are gonna play play into this as as the whole state moves forward over the next few weeks. In the report itself though, uh, they really didn't um, talk about that, but it would be interesting because all these reports are posted online through the Department of Public Health. I suppose if you've got, you know, a very long, slow weekend, you could one could go through and see what the differences are from county to county. Um, but uh, as far as sort of uh, setting up San Diego as opposed to LA or San Francisco or something like that, that, that really wasn't addressed in, in this report.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and we did see a, a surge in cases related to Tijuana affecting Chula Vista about two weeks ago, but you know, that was an increase, but it wasn't quite enough to trigger some of these uh, kind of larger warnings and restrictions that have occurred in other places.
1: Right, right. They were able to kind of absorb that. I think, you know, I think Paul Sisson had written about how they, the the hospital systems were able to kind of move people from the South Bay into their other hospitals in the county and kind of absorb that. But that's definitely something, you know, and I'm sure that that, uh, the the hospital people and the the policy people are keeping an eye on is is what impact we're going to get from
0: Mexico. Mm -hmm. And also after reading this report, um, are there any kind of uh, lingering questions or things that you wish the county had addressed inside of it?
1: You know, I, not not really my overall impression in a lot of ways was like oh this is fairly impressive, you know that that the it's, it's actually very impressive that the that uh, the at least the statistics or the data that um the, the, the county has really um you know been able to manage this and to scale up really well. I mean they like, for instance, one of the requirements that the state has for a county to move into into this stage two is you have to be able, your hospital system has to be able to ha- handle the surge of 35% more patients from what sort of your average census is, right? So that means you need like a lot of capacity. Um, and San Diego says, well, we can handle 35% and this is how. They kind of break down the beds and, and things like that. But that we actually have enough to handle a surge of 40 percent. So if it gets really bad, and that is really bad, um, you know, we can absorb that. Those kinds of things. Uh, I mean, one number that stuck out was that the county has distributed four million pieces of uh, personal protective equipment, which is you know pretty impressive. Um, so I, I thought it was a, a, a really good, um, or at least really interesting, view of. Um, how uh, outside of sort of the news conferences, which are, which are helpful um, but are kind of limited in, in what they talk about and, and, and what they put out, this really kind of gave sort of a ground-level, sort of data-level view of uh, the things the county is doing. And it's uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, during this whole pandemic, uh, I'm on the graphics team, so I have to update all the charts that we are showing every day. But it's like we're watching like a wildfire in like slow motion, and it's kind of difficult to wrap your brain about what's going on because there are so many data points, but they're so incremental that sometimes you have to zoom out and look at, okay, this is a month, this is a week. These are the trends that are actually happening.
1: Oh, exactly. I mean, that's a great point. And that's, in some ways, that's kind of what this report does. It sort of says, essentially, as of mid-May, of 2020, May 15th, May 18th, somewhere in there. This is kind of where we're at. This is what we've done, this is what we think we can do, this is, this is how, what, we're, what we're going to do going forward. And uh, in that, that, that kind of view from 30,000 feet, uh, instead of just kind of talking about, oh, contact tracing, oh, how do we get contact tracers? You know, in this report they say, we have this many, you know, uh, that we've hired, this many that are going through background checks, You know, we expect to have, you know, 500-some, you know, working uh, on this in in June. You know, it's just that kind of different, uh, like you're saying, that kind of pullback look that's really helpful in in understanding kind of how things are. Mm
0: -hmm. And certainly Moral Day weekend will be a little bit of a test for San Diego County, but hopefully we'll do the right thing.
1: One can only hope, you know, we're all uh, in this together, so... uh, yeah, I hope so. But remember, there is that page in the report that says if these triggers are hit, you know, uh, there's a new sheriff in town and, uh, and, and they're going to take some kind of steps. Uh, that's maybe to answer your question that that's what I would have liked to have seen was more detail about if these triggers are hit, what what are the consequences? What, what do we first move to do to kind of pull back? That was missing. That would be helpful to know.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll get some clarification uh, today or perhaps early next week. All right, Greg Moran, thank you so much. Welcome. And now your coronavirus update. San Diego County shut down a Pacific Beach restaurant and bar Friday after video emerged of crowds flouting the county's public health orders, which require patrons to practice social distancing. During the county's daily briefing Friday, Supervisor Nathan Fletcher played a video of crowds Thursday at El Prez on Mission Boulevard, a few blocks south of Grand Avenue. The crowds gathered on the first day that San Diego County restaurants were allowed to reopen for in-person dining. Fletcher said the restaurant would remain closed until further notice. In a statement, the restaurant said the reopening made it clear that management needs to take even greater measures to ensure that our customers, employees, and community are safe. The restaurant plans to work with county officials and law enforcement on how to best move forward in the safest manner possible and has devised new rules that employees and customers will need to abide by. The additional protocols include new signage to better encourage social distancing and lines leading to the restaurant, in addition of a security guard who will remind people of the rules. Customers will only be allowed to enter if there is a table available and they are wearing a mask. Fletcher said that this is the only restaurant in the county that is closed for violating the public health orders. In the outbreak, San Diego County reported an additional 119 cases of COVID-19 and one additional death. That brings the current case count to 6,434 and the death toll is 242. As of Thursday, the county has administered 124,615 tests. In the past 14 days, 3.4% of those were positive. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union-Tribune is dedicated to bringing you the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the coronavirus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of your news at your fingertips, wherever and whenever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrip.com slash subscribe. San Diego News Fix is hosted and edited by myself, Daniel Wheaton. Special thanks to Luis Cruz for producing the live broadcasted recordings on social media. Digital creative director Beto Alvarez is the podcast editor. We'll be taking Memorial Day off, so see you Tuesday. Until next time.